What's up, adventurers? I'm Chris, aka Tatty Bojangles, aka everybody's favorite sad boy gnome. I'm here to talk to you about fan roll dice. Look, we all love dice. They're the little knickknacks that make the clickety clacks and help us do a whole bunch of maths. That's why we've teamed up with Fan Roll Dice to offer our listeners 10% off when you use the code Adventurer10. With everything from resin to sharp edge silicone, mini little babies to chunky beefy boys, and beautiful liquid core and gemstone dice, Fan Roll Dice has you covered. So head on over to FanRollDice.com and use code Adventurer10 to get 10% off. Now, back to the action. Well, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurous Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons & Dragons, and dance around the boundaries of common decency. Now then, if you are joining us for the first time, we should warn you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. If you're still cramming for your spelling test tomorrow, or you're still asking your mum to cut the crusts off your sandwiches, it might be best to skip over this for now. Quite frankly, we don't need your parents chasing us out of town with pitchforks again. Now, as ever, I am joined by the usual band of merry mischief makers. Coming up, first, live and direct from a room not far from you, we have a highborn lady from Croydon. A lady who likes to talk to her plants. Is it true you prefer plants over humans, Chanel? I prefer everything over humans. <laughs> everything. Well, everything. Dead humans over alive humans. I mean, still humans when they're dead. I mean, do you prefer Marmite over humans? Yes. Right. But okay. pickle over Marmite. Pickle over Marmite. If ever there was a manifesto statement, that's it, listeners. Pickle over Marmite. Right, good. Next up, we have our man on the ground in Finland. It's Mr. Matt Durant, a man the local Finns like to call Hilselve Lutka. Yes, Sylvester Luka, the uh, mafia crime boss who emigrated to Finland in the late 90s. Crap. Say that again. I think it said Hilselve. <laughs> Hil Silv, no, I can't even do it. I, I forgot to get Google Translate to sound it out, <laughs> listeners. Hil Silvica Lutka, which should translate as scaly slut. Still don't know what that would be in Finnish, but I like that. Oh come on, you live in Finland. How do you even get about? What do you talk to your girlfriend about? <laughs> Not scaly sluts. <laughs> it's the topic that, that was her talk, That was up. her calling you that, by the way. I would, I would never call you. <laughs> Good. Hot water stepping out of. Excellent. Right. Moving on, listeners. Gonna, I'll, I'll learn that. Good. Good, good, good. Maybe come back to us later with that one. Right. Crashing on. We have a man who many claim is more slippery than a greased up piglet. It's Mr. Chris Rag. How you doing, my fine friend? Hello. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, Marmite over pickle, motherfucker. Run at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come out strong. Marmite over pickle. I mean, if you're going, if you're going to apply it to skin, it is smoother. No one likes chunky pickle to to skin, whereas marmite can be a little treat. No one likes chunky marmite. <laughs> if you have to chew your marmite, you're doing it wrong. Uh, uh, no, not if you've got the mother's marmite. <laughs> you fermented that stuff. Isn't chunky marmite just called a yeast infection? <laughs> or oh. have I just missed something? Uh, 
Uh. There we go. That that list that was the sound of the last listener leaving and closing the door behind them. <laughs> we can say what we want. Does that mean I can leave? <laughs> yeah, go, 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 go. Save yourself. Right, all right, folks. Here's something we don't usually do, but it would mean the world to us if you could head to wherever you usually get your podcast from and leave us a review. It doesn't only help with the algorithm, it also reaffirms why the hell we do this every single week. So wherever you get your pods from, wherever you cast your pods, please consider going on there and giving us a five star or just leaving us a review, whether good or bad. And, you know, we will read them out if if any of you ever leave them for us. This means you, Mark, if you're listening. Yeah, you. We know your name. When the fuck did this turn into a seance? I'm getting a Paul. We see you. Is there a Paul out there? Jerome. Might be known as Peter to his friends or Philip. Something with a P, Papa. Oh, no. There we go. Right. Excellent. No, this isn't a bloody seance. And I'm not a medium. So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Raggy, Matt, Shan, and myself for this week's episode of The Adventurers Anonymous Podcast. Okay. Right. Does anyone have anything important to say before we jump right into a recap? Because Mr. Durant has been away for a hot little moment, so he might need a recap. No? Not a sausage? Hit me, baby. Please recap. Can I ask that the recap does not involve squid? Oh, can I get extra squid? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I mean, this has been lovingly copywritten by AI. So I'll see if I can get it to take Squid out. All right, here we go. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they'd found themselves out in sea in the floating city of Maritopia. It was a mishmash of sailors and survivors, bound together with walls made of flotsam and jetsam. The crunkfuckers strolled around the walls, interacting with the locals, chatting and trading with them. They met Silky, the head of security, a water genocide with a fighting fish floating in her head. She warned them, not to make waves whilst in Maritopia. They explored the Hazani Bazaar, and Hanash and Maud picked up magical trinkets and weapons. Hanash in particular caught the eye of an elderly crone selling tzatziki. Meanwhile, Tati wandered around moaning that no one was selling what he was after. Belsiar and Hanash decided to visit the Kraken's Clinic in search of a cure of the early onset of vampirism that was plaguing them. The medic in charge was an enthusiastic gnome named Klimt Krem, who agreed to perform the procedure as a buy-one-get-one-free deal if they returned at midnight with 400 gold pieces, a live chicken, mercury, a vial of beep ink, and the pants of a virgin. So off they went on a treasure hunt, which led to Hanash tenderly milking the ink glands of a live beep with love and care. But just when things were looking good, tragedy struck. A small child swimming within the walls of Maritopia was snatched under the waters and eaten by a local shark that regularly terrorised the ocean city. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. 
what what time is it roughly? Now you're asking. God, I'm only the DM. Uh, you haven't slept, so it's got to be getting on late into the afternoon. So I'd probably say like five. They were just having a nice afternoon paddle. And then the child's dead already. There's no saving child. Um, you saw it snatched. Well, you didn't see it snatched. You heard the scream. Uh, there's lots of chum in the water, and it's very red. And there's a wailing mother. And people are leaving the water fast. Chum, chum is is chopped up fish guts that used to lure. All right, sharks and God, just just always ruining my fun. So that was that was the child's name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the li- the little boy was called Chum, and now he's Kibble. Well, wow. it sounds like this problem sorted itself out. So uh, <laughs> doesn't lose anymore. I guess it's nature. It's just you know circular life. Yeah. Is is there somebody seeing the life in the background? Because that'd be cool. Well, you are, presumably. So just to give you a little bit of context on that, what I probably didn't say was um, Silky did ask you whether you would be happy to go after the old shark. And Maud point blank told her to piss off and said it's the circle of life. Sharks are everything. And so Silky shrugged. And and I cried, and I just scrumpled up the piece of paper that had the encounter with the shark on it, and I filed it in the bin next to um, all the other things. The child's dead. It's too late now. I I half-heartedly cast... Um... I, I could change my mind. No, I'm afraid... Well, yeah, as as... You change your mind and you're like, don't worry. You look over and you just see a severed hand floating in the water, bobbing on the waves. I could be overruled by everybody else. As the shark, whilst you're waiting to be overruled, jumps up and just eats the last piece of human tapas. I could be convinced to help out if uh, I could get my hand on some virgin panties. (laughs) I say to Sulky. (laughs) Would it be crossing a line for this podcast if we took the... The the underwear off this dead. <laughs> oh my god! Brilliant idea. I've never, I've never felt so more physically repulsed in my life, Mister Durant. I think that's that's crossing a line. Then how much is left of it? Are you being serious? I've got to edit this podcast and give it to real human beings. My dentist probably listens to this podcast. If I have to go back for dental surgery and he's got his fingers in my mouth, and he references. The pants yeah. of a that got eaten by a shark. I'm going to be really disappointed. But, okay, if you want to do it, we can do it. I'm- uh, we'll, we'll retcon that the, the virgin needs to be alive. Um, can, can we just clarify for our international listeners? Pants mean trousers in, in America. Knickers. Pants mean trousers in America. So are you talking about the underwear or are you talking about the trousers? I was talking about the underwear because I am not from America. I was born in Oxford, like all the best people. Uh, so to us, underwear, pants, undercrackers. Like most, most of our politicians, yeah, <laughs> born in Oxford. I could have been a mover and a shaker in politics. Yeah. I chose other life choices, like entertaining the masses. So piss off with your judgment. <laughs> So literally, all of you just standing on the fucking pier watching no, I, I said to bloody Sil- chunks of child I said to wash Silky, up and down. Like, like, we'll help out with the shark issue if we can, if you can provide us with some version, you know, knickknacks. Sil- Silky looks you, at you, you as Silky? like, 
Silky's the head of security. She's a water genocide, which means she's entirely made out of water, except she's wearing clothes. Oh, and just to make yes. her a little bit spicier, she's got a Japanese fighting fish between our eyes. And at this point, both her and the Japanese fighting fish are looking disgusted at Hanash. And she looks Hanash dead in the eye and says, I told you, don't make waves. And that includes asking me if I'm a virgin. I'm not asking you if you're a virgin. I'm saying, can you supply me with a virgin pants? They don't need to be your pants. They don't, we, we don't need to know if they're your pants. If, if they are your pants, that's fine. But they don't need to be. We, we won't draw any conclusions from it. We'll shut our eyes, put some pants <laughs> down, and whoever's there. You shut your eyes as you feel a slap across your face. <laughs> it's warm and wet. As you look back, you just see... <laughs> As you look over, Aristobulus is just zipping up. Uh, no, I'm joking. As Silky just Silky just walks walks away down the pier. Right, the child's dead. The mother's currently got a net, and she's just picking up what's left of her child for some sort of ocean burial. Uh-huh. Uh, like she's at a fairground trying to win a goldfish. Um, what are you doing? So you can get the live chicken from the chef. The Aldani chef, Scuttle, will give you a live chicken. You've got squid ink. You need mercury and you need... Come on, AJ. You need mercury and you need the pants of a virgin. So are there any thermometers? Oh. Uh, make me a perception check. Eight. <laughs> um, I mean, you would presume if you were going to find a thermometer, it would either be in the bazaar or it would be in um, the mechanics. Okay. So there's a place called the Salty Spanner, run by a man called Rigger, if you remember. And there is the Khrizani Bazaar which is full of trinkets and shit. So, no. Well, I'm saying one doesn't just fall out the sky and land at your feet. The shark doesn't just cough up, you know, a stethoscope and a rectal thermometer. Tuna has mercury. Can we just get a shitload of tuna and give that to her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll fish our way to. <laughs> also, you've only got till midnight, so you've got about six hours currently. Let, let's go to this, the mechanic, did you say? Mm-hmm. Let's let's rock it up. Let's see what they got. Okay. All walking down the pier, you wander past. People are now, like, running. You see people getting into a rowing boat with, like, harpoons and crossbows going after the shark. But also, you just look back at the frothy red waves in guilt one last time as you walk away from the beautifully handcrafted encounter and you walk down the quayside to the mechanics. As you see just smoke billowing out of. Now, most of the buildings here just have tarpaulin for roofs, and you see this is no different. As you see, Rigger is currently, um, he's got like a furnace going in the back, and you see him hammering something over an anvil. As you see one of his apprentices with like a shucking knife, just hacking winkles off an upturned boat. How old are both of them? Dear God, make me a fucking perception check. Uh, that's a 12. 
a 12. Uh, for safety reasons, you're pretty sure The Apprentice is about 19 years old. And Rigger, well, he... um It's hard to tell how old Rigger is because he's just that kind of age where the stubble uh, has kind of kicked in and he's quite greasy. He's got slicked back hair. You would imagine he's probably... In that weird Bermuda Triangle of age between 40 and 55, where you're no longer sexy, but it's kind of sexy how little you care. <laughs> gotcha. Already there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk up and I'll be like, uh, well met, gentlemen, we're after... Two things. I think you'd be able to help us with at least one. As you just hear him slowly thwap. Hello. <laughs> As he, he he puts down the hammer and the burning hot metal that he was hammering out, he turns around and is like, "Yes, how can I help?" Do you have any quicksilver, aka mercury, aka blood of the silver gods? He looks at you for a while, wiping down his podgy, greasy hands on the front of his leather apron. He's like, what's it to you? I turn to everyone else and I'm like, we're, we're customers. We'd like to buy some products from you. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like an alchemist? All right. As he looks around, he's like, I've got enough credits. So you're going to have to trade me like for like. What you got that I might need? Hmm. Uh... Just digging through my pocket. Imagine I've been living out at sea and I'm lonely. Surprise me. I pull potato out of the bag and I think, no. I don't want a carbohydrate fleshlight. <laughs> Put it away. I take out my yo-yo and I show him, look, he goes down and then it comes back up. Make me a persuasion check. Twelve. His eyes light up at first and then... He remembers how old he is, and he's like, no, no, <laughs> nearly, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I shuffle around my bag, and I find, like, the silver uh, five-pointed star badge, like, sheriff badge. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. That silky's a bit of a, a bit of a nuisance, isn't she? Like, what if you were the law around here? And, like, show uh, kind of, <laughs> yeah. the badge. His eyes twinkle. You literally see. He's got like the poker face on where he's trying not to give anything away, but you can see this is exciting. Like we're a long way away from like civil order here. So make me, make me a persuasion check. Sure thing. Here we go. Get ready. Three. <laughs> <laughs> As once again, Hanash, you feel the warm, wet hand on your shoulder as Silky's like, I said no waves. Last wave, I'm so sorry. You can have the badge. Put your rusty sheriff's badge away. Would you like it? Is it a peace offering? She holds out her hand. As you put the, the sheriff's badge in it, she dusts off the dried blood from 
commission a taint ticker <laughs> and just attaches it to her top. As Rigger looks over at you, Maud, he's like, so what have you got to offer? Come on. That's a good point. Hold on. I'll be right with you. So I would like to... Whereabouts on that map is the... You didn't say there was a map. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a map. Oh, yeah. Sorry, there's a map before. Can you? Can someone reshare the map yes. if possible? No, I, 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 I got might it. have it. That's a nice map. So going around the map face, A is the Kraken's Clinic. B is called the Tithe. It's uh, a church. Uh, C is the Khazani Bazaar. D, which is where you're at, is the Salty Spanner. E is the Slumber Yard, the long-looking the long looking building. That's the living quarters. With F, the Vitamin Tree, the only tree, the only living goddamn plant in the entire place. G is Tide's End, the canteen with the Aldani in it. And H is Whispering Tides, a bar. A, you're adorable. B, da 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 I would like to use my witchy animal powers to summon the shark. Interesting. Oh, f- <laughs> fuck me in the ass. Um, Onto dry land. Um, no, because right, right to the edge of deep. Listeners, why does this shit always happen? Okay, just give me a second. It looks like, looks like me and Matt brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brought a yo-yo to a shark fight. <laughs> Can you make me a multi-part roll, Chanel? First of all, could you make me an animal handling check? I may, yes, hold on. Eight. Good. And now can you make me a persuasion check? Sixteen. Sixteen. Eight and sixteen. Hmm. Eight, animal handling, sixteen for persuasion. As you make your way out onto the edge of the jetty, you push your face into the water, screaming something unintelligible into the waves underneath. Nothing happens as you pull your head up, flick your hair back, and stand back. People are pointing and laughing at you as suddenly a dark shadow moves underneath Maratopia. People start rocking backwards. Children are snatched away by mothers and they move backwards. People start pulling the roller shutters down on the front of their stores as suddenly the shark bursts over the lip at part of the quayside, snatching up one of the vendors who was standing there, handing out cooked food. You see one of the Aldani assistants snatched away as literally claws and like eight feet are snatched away under the water as the shark is now enraged. It's now got a taste for food. You see it roiling around as Silky literally says, I said don't make waves, what are you doing? I'd like to look at Rigger, just wink at him and hold my hand out now for the uh, <laughs> What? I mean, may- oh, dear God. maybe an intimidation check. This is, I've never met anybody, this is your way of negotiating. Right, come on. 17. 17, he's like... <laughs> I feel like maybe this is a wee bit hostile. I mean, I just wanted a little trinket. They killed Jeff. 
<laughs> as you you hear a little voice, you hear Klimt cream. As you look over, Klimt's got all the bits of the small child, and he's like, uh, I don't think there's anything we can do, as he just holds up a finger, part of a belt and the torso, and like several layers. So he's like, no. Well, so if you bring me 800 pounds and come back at midnight with this list of things, I will see what I can do. No promises. Uh, yeah, you see, um, this is still covered under the Hippocratic Oath. Um, as you see the dark shadow looming around underneath, you see people like up on the walls firing crossbow bolts down into the water, trying to hit the, the giant shark. Rigger is like, nah, I'm not playing this game. It's hard enough to find a date here in the first place. I don't need you thinning the fucking gene pool. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I shot my shot. I'm happy to keep murdering people, but I'm out of ideas. (laughs) You just hear more screams from behind you. As you see, Silky has gone. Silky's vanished. You just see wet footprints heading off somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> oh good I was gonna I was gonna turn around and go like what are you gonna do um as you see once again the shark bursts out of the water belly flopping back down sending splashes and waves up you see it's chipped and grizzled teeth still with bits of like Aldani and human child caught up in its gums and teeth one crooked black eye staring dead at you Maud you could almost swear it blinked. Can um, how close to the edge of the? Is it like kind of like patrolling like the, the edge of the the kind of the walkway? Like, um, can I can I get out my blunderbuss and potentially take a shot at it, or is it like all over the place and I'm not going to really be able to see it? You can see the shadow under the water. It comes to the surface occasionally, just for the sake of narrative, because it's fun, listeners. We're going to say these are beautiful blue azure waters they're a little bit more purpley now with all the blood in them but they're lovely crystal imagine you go on a bottomless boat tour no it's not bottomless boat is it a glass bottomed boat tour in (laughs) corfu or somewhere like that that's that's kind of the vibe we're going for this was a beautiful package holiday until you bought one of nature's apex killers (laughs) to the resort right so i'd like to kneel down by the by the edge of the walkway I want to take out my blunderbuss and I want to wait for an opportune moment when it's near and I want to try and shoot it with a blunderbuss. This is sad. Absolutely you do. Just give me a little second just to bring up the stats. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm just getting up the stats for a giant shark in D&D. Okay, right. Go on then, Hanash. As you bend over on the key side... Kneeling down, pulling the blunderbuss up to your shoulder. I presume you fisted a bag of nails or some such into it and primed the pan. I've put bullets into my gun, if that's what you mean. I mean, it's a blunderbuss. <laughs> it doesn't really take bullets as such. It takes shot. But, uh, yes. How was okay, Hanash supposed okay. to know that? He just puts anything in it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just literally fists his lunch. Cut, cut, cut the rain there sometimes, whatever. <laughs> All right, make me a hit roll. 13. 13 hits. Sick. Make me a damage roll. Damage, 
five. Five? <laughs> is it dead? As the shark comes to the surface, there's a kaboom! As Hanash is blown backwards off his feet, you see the froth and foam of the water splash up as myriad of different pellets fire down into the water. You hear a roar coming from under the water as bubbles and blood rise to the surface as the creature dives down, its tail flicking out of the water, splashing everybody as it vanishes. Nothing but black blood floating like a slick on top of the water. I turn around and pretending to be victorious and I've killed it, I like to say, the beast has been slain, you're all safe. <laughs> As the camera pans up behind you, the beast exploding out of the water, grabbing onto a parrot which was sitting on the edge of the bar. It yanks down not only the parrot, but the cable that was holding up. Um, acting as a support on the side of the bar, ripping the entire structure under the water. You see all the patrons of the bar, the bottles, the seating, the chairs, all vanish under the water as legs thrash around as the shark leaps out the water, now slightly pebble-dashed in the side of its face. You see the fury of the shark as it basically goes on an all-you-can-eat buffet of day-drunk Maritopia residents. You see them one by one snatched under the water into the creature's moor. This is not deep, Lucy. <laughs> LL Cool J steps out of the oven that he had been hiding in. <laughs> uh, you've made it very, very angry, Hanash, but it is safe to say you've barely scratched it. I turn around to people and say, it turns out there are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> As you see Finnegan Phimosis storming down the quayside uh, with Silky in tow. Now, Finnegan Phimosis is the leader of Maritopia. Now, the thing you notice about Finnegan Phimosis is he's wearing a polar neck. He's wearing a skin-coloured polar neck, and it is so tight oh. around his neck, it looks like he can barely breathe. Um, Matt gets it. And um, he comes to the edge... <laughs> He comes to the edge of the quayside as he's like, What the hell are you doing? Why have you summoned a sea creature to eat our fucking younglings? I invited you in here on the proviso that you would trade, make merry, and maybe share a tale with us. Not that you would piss off apex predators from the deep. Or asked, asking about the sexual proclivities of members of my staff. This is absurd. They killed a child before we did anything, and have have you ever slept with anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) If you haven't, we're not going to judge you. How would you like to approach this, Mr. Rag? Are you going for intimidation or persuasion? Uh, persuasion. Uh, hold on. <laughs> check stats. Check stats. Or sexy dancing. Intimidation, please. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Aggressive sexy dancing. Uh, dirty 20. Nice. Real dirty. 
dirty 20. You see Finnegan Phimosis is like, this is a travesty. As you see, he gets a little bit breathy. He hooks a finger under his skin tight polar neck and just tries pulling it down a bit, leaving like a red rash as he's like, oh, God, no. Uh, I mean, my love life is none of your concern, boyo. All right. It's been quiet. I mean, how... Maybe I've not lived all the adventures I would like sexually, but I fail to see. As Silky just puts out a hand just to tell Finnegan Phimosis that his sexual choices are okay. As she's like, I've got to ask you to leave. You've, you've, you've reached the edge of common decency. As you hear another scream from behind you as... Um, an elderly lady holding onto a pina colada still, like splashing around, just pulled under by the shark. Uh, you just see a pair of stockinged feet sticking out the shark's mouth as it's struggling to chew down on... She's got like a um, metal replacement thigh and oh, uh, the shark metal. can't quite get its teeth through it. If, if you could put a number on it, sir, what was zero, one... We'll, 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 we'll take care of the shark. If that's what you okay, want. Make me a persuasion check with disadvantage as literally about six members of Maritopia have been eaten already. <laughs> Some of which were key members of the fucking storyline I wrote. This, this is a high cost for something very basic that I asked for. <laughs> I only asked for a thermometer. Six people didn't need to die because I rolled it. <laughs> you use dark magic to try and fucking negotiate with a feral sea beast. These people would have died long ago if they're standing that close to the edge. You're like the kind of person who's like, I only tried to dick slap the leopard at the zoo during feeding time. How was I supposed to know it would end in tragedy? I could call all of this off. If he gives me the thermometer. I'd just like to make that very clear. Oh, Don't say that all oh, this is us. This is an accident. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. This may be the very worst. This is what happens when Chris Neal isn't here to fucking <laughs> rein in your ridiculous <laughs> fucking childishness. Um, go on, Matt. What did you roll? I, I rolled a, uh, a four for persuasion. A four? <laughs> Excellent. A, a two plus two. Finnegan Phimosis is like, the time is now. If you want to help, help. But seriously, I don't think you'll be staying here overnight. So if you want to help, please do. As you see, the shark now bursts out of the water, slamming into the side of your ship. Um, the shark doing not enough damage. You're very lucky. As you see, Lady Luck buffeted to one side everything's shaking on it not my boat um some of the crates like tip over as the shark vanishes back under the water can i can i use my talking to animals again please sure i feel that my point has been made step out on as you step out onto the edge of the quayside i need you to make me an animal handling check 18 I'd like to do this. I'd like to step out, though, with a dramatic eye roll, throw my hands up in the air, put a, stick my finger up to rigor. 
like a massive fuck you, like why am I doing this? It's very dramatic. As you hear a voice in your mind's eye, as there's terror going on in front of you, people screaming and flailing around in the frothy white water, bits of human half-chewed off floating in the water. You see someone who's had both their legs ripped off attempting to do breaststroke with only their arms um, and make it back to land, their entrails. <laughs> going around in the circle as their entrails are hooked on a bit of flotsam and jetsam. Um as Maud, you stand on the edge of the pier and reaching out with your animal senses, you hear a voice that goes, Oh, hello. <clears throat> How can I be of service? I'd like to gently explain to, um, to the shark who I am. I'd like to explain what we're doing there and just ask why it. Don't you, why don't you role play that for us? You can, you can do that. Hello. <laughs> 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 oh, hello. I would like to apologize. I've been very snacky recently. You have no idea how hungry. I'm on one of those stupid... I'm on a um, fasting diet. I eat nothing between the waking hours of 8am and I got a bit snacky. I would like to apologize. Don't don't worry at all. I, I completely understand. I've done keto and <laughs> the fasting diet. So I... You, between between 16 um, to 8 and between 20 to 4, like there's a big period of time where you get very hangry. I can empathise. Uh, could I just ask a question? I'm not 100% on keto. <laughs> Are the elderly considered to be a carbohydrate? Uh, yes, big carbs in the elderly. Oh, a little bit chewy, quite a lot of gristle. God. I wouldn't go back for them if I were you. I, I would stick to... Pure, um, pure kelp. The kelp diet's very good. <laughs> for, for aerodynamics, right. 100% kelp diet. <laughs> well, this is interesting. As you see, he slows down just spitting out, um, the elderly lady that he was chewing on as she just floats off into the water. He's like, well, acid reflux is a bastard. And personally, it's going to play havoc with my blowhole. I don't have a blowhole. Wait a minute. I'm a shark, not a dolphin. Yes, you can see. This is already taken. The bloodlust has taken its toll on me. Could I just personally, from my species to your species, I would like to apologize for my behavior. There's apologies are not needed. Um, humans are friends, not food. Um, to, to quote one of the best <laughs> films in the world. And uh, and I would like to wish him well, and hopefully we'll see him under better circumstances. He looks at you and goes, May I just have one last pop shot at your friend who shot me? Would that be too much to ask? At this point, I'd just like to playfully backhand um, Hanash, you know, just to keep him from being eaten by the shark, but, you know, kind of tactically. Hanash looks furious. <laughs> But still whole. So Hanash slapped for the second time today. Hanash doesn't know this. Hanash doesn't get slapped around. The shark is like, I have one last favour to ask. There's something irritating my gills. Would oh. you mind um, just sliding a hand up in there? Something appears to have got wedged in my gills in all of the excitement. You have to promise not to nibble. <laughs> I don't eat through my gills. I take oxygen through I the know, water. I know, that's so. not. Sharks are sneaky. Okay. I'll get close. Fine. Don't nibble. 
Just tickle me behind my gill. I've got something caught in there. Okay. Uh, I'll I'd slide a hand in between one of six gills. Mm. Make me a sleight of hand check. Six. <laughs> six. As he's like, yes, that's right. Oh, no, no. Oh, God, that's sensitive. Not the claws. Okay. As you pull your claws out, you have a little silver music box in your hand. Uh, I thank you. Thank Adieu. You. And I hope one day we meet on better terms. Can I just ask what his name is before he goes? Clive. Clive. Thank you, Clive. That's okay. As Clive vanishes under the surface of the water, his cold, dead shark eyes leaving, as you see people are now starting to take in the true cost of this crisis. Now, not many people know that you were talking to him. People are now staring at you in awe and wonder, and we're going to work out whether... They think you brought this upon them or whether you saved them. Uh, I'd just like to juggle the whistling, the um, jewelry box as I kind of hum to myself and, yeah, happy. Would you, li- would you like to make a speech to the yes! people to try and convince them that you have, in fact, saved this marine society and not just called up an yes. apex predator from the deep? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. So make, it, make your impassioned... Is there a box I can stand on? Yes. Okay. Like stand There's on a small box. crate. Like to stand on the crate. I uh, would like to get the sugar glider out. Keep the sugar glider. <laughs> so I'd like to stand there. I'd like to uh, stand to attention. Is everybody paying attention at this point? Everybody is staring at you. Even the people who are trying to rescue the wounded have stopped as people bleed out okay. as, you're, as they're staring at you. That's why I like. I don't want to make a speech when nobody's listening, so it's important. Um, so I'd like to say it is with um, good faith that we came here today. We are looking for one or two items, and you are fucking welcome. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're fucking welcome, and it is. You are very lucky that we were here today because we came here before one of your little crotch goblins got nibbled on. And now we've saved the day. So go team. And Hanash <laughs> starts clapping. I'd like to high five the sugar glider. Okay. Hanash, Belsiar, would you like to add advantage to the role that is inevitably going to happen? Would you like to add anything? I'd, I'd, I mean, normally I'd be like, yes, more disgrace and kind and. and wise but i think given the content of the speech i'll go the other way and i'll fall to my knees and i'll be like please don't kill us anymore and i, I kind of turn to the villagers and like her power is unimaginable but i just like claps and like yeah <laughs> fucking a <laughs> okay each of you roll me a persuasion check if each of you makes me a single persuasion check, we'll see how we do. Surely I got a shock. I don't need to persuade people. I got a six. <coughs> Seventeen. Nineteen. You fucking scraped it by an absolute millimeter as, as more than half of you passed as slowly people start clapping. <laughs> as it turns into an uproar. 
as people start chanting and whooping and hollering as you look down at someone with a shark bite across their chest as he's like, is it okay if you keep on doing CPR as the person stops clapping and carries on <laughs> trying to resuscitate them? Every time he claps, squirts of blood fly out of shark bites. The guy with, the guy with no legs is trying to laugh and just sink. <laughs> <laughs> As Finnegan Phimosis, who's now fully understood that you've saved the day, hoiking back his sore red neck underneath his skin-tight polar neck, he says, All right, I suppose you've done us a good turn, you bizarre witch. You may stay with our blessing. Besides, the bar needed a fucking renovation anyway. <laughs> One star. Presumably for, for saving your we we get ten versions each, yes, and their underwear included. <laughs> Two things happen at this point. Rigger comes out and is like I don't want to make a big thing out of this, but you did kinda of save us all. So here and he pushes a vial that says Mercury into your hands, Belsia. Shut up. You're crying, not me. As he just wipes back a tear, smudges some grease across his face and goes back to his thing. Finnegan Phimosis is like, if you want a virgin, you could do worse than talk to Madam Girth Whisper. As he points over at the elderly crone who's currently in the tithe church. As you see a church that's mostly like made up of bric-a-brac. Yeah, I mean, I was going to try the, uh, the uh, role-playing games group. But um, we can we can try that. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Go for the key demographic of the, of the podcast. I like it. <laughs> right, it is halfway through. I would suggest we take a quick drinks break because we kind of need to finish on time today, as Portionel has to be up at six a.m. to get on a train. So we need to try and finish on time. Uh, let's grab ourselves a quick drinks break. How the fuck you managed to cause so much chaos in 57 minutes, I will never know. But well done. All right, see you back here in a minute. Smoke if you got them, drink if you need to. See you in a minute. True crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account, but we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. Maps, artwork, and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe. Puzzles, one-shots and interviews, live streams with the Adventurers Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Okay, it is 10 minutes past 9pm in England. We need to be done in 50 minutes. You are standing on the quayside. You are in possession of Squid Ink. Mercury. You know where to get the live chicken from. You still need to find the pants of a virgin. Picking back up. Three, two, one, go. So my plan is, you said there was a 19-year-old apprentice. Oh, God. Yes, there's a 19-year-old apprentice. Uh, I mean, there was. He's running around the quayside now, just shouting for his girlfriend. Oh. I mean, it was only been a first date. Sorry, that escalated fast. I mean, they, they, they're, hmm, 
you know, for, for storyline reasons. They've only been on a couple of dates. Uh, they watched the sun go down over the parapet wall one time with a bottle of um, fermented carrot juice. And then the second date, they dangle their toes in the water and they let the little fish nibble on their bunions oh, as they giggled and shit. Hey, these people lived in a sanctuary, a haven, until you turned up bringing... Do you know what it probably was? It was probably the fact your boat's fucking leaking vegetable oil like a pensioner with hemorrhoids. Like, that's probably what attracted the shark in the first place. Can you imagine, like, uh, taking... This is for the Sheffield listeners, but can you imagine, like, taking a date to Meadow Hall and going to, like, when they had that, like, that fish <laughs> shop where they did that deal? Like, yeah. I know what to say the ladies. Holding hands. Come on. Do you remember yeah. that place? I've genuinely talked to Chanel about this, and I was like, I always wanted to go, because, like, for the longest time, what? I had a Faruka that just wouldn't die. I nearly got a fucking priest out at one point <laughs> to, like, it genuinely what? was like I cursed. And I was like, if anything, I got rid of it, story, like, you know, I found a backstreet doctor to, you know, and um, but it wouldn't go. I genuinely thought maybe the fish could take out the Faruka, but just as I got there, uh, they'd shut down. They've been closed down by the, by the health and safety people, spreading like fish clap around everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they were spreading like diseases because like the fish would bunions eat. And then spread them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think bunions is the least of your problem. I think people were getting like gonorrhea or fucking fish. Yeah. The worst kind. Basically, yeah, the little kid, he's just weeping. He's like, Millie. Oh, Millie. Where are you, Millie? Oh, Millie. As a foot floats up to the surface, it's just those fucking... It's just a croc. And do you know how people put those stupid fucking badges on crocs to try and customise them? He's like, Millie! As he just picks up a shin bone with a croc on it. As he just sits down, just stroking the leg of his... Does he have a tattoo up the leg? Live, laugh, love. In comics. Comics. <laughs> um, at the moment, the tattoo just says, Lee, as it's been like smeared off up the thigh. Uh, he's just sitting there holding the leg of his lover, just crying, gently stroking her thigh. Are you a virgin? <laughs> he looks up at you with eyes the size of dinner plates. Make me. No, no, I, I, I won't do this. Maybe, maybe a push. Mm. You don't want to do it. No, no. Should we, get, should we go to the church? He's looking up at you. His soulful eyes. So much pity and shame and sadness in his eyes. Okay, in, in, in for a penny, in for a pound. Make, make me a pure charisma check. Nothing else. Just roll me a charisma. Just using your personality. Oh no! I'll say I'll, I won't ask if he's a virgin. I'll just say I'm. I'll I'll say I'm very sorry. Were you too close? And ah, oh, natural twenty. There we go. Natural twenty. Oh fuck! How am I going to excuse this? <laughs> oh, I hate you, Matt. Now I'm going to have to make I'm going to have to make some huge narrative jump as he looks up at you. He's like, "How oh, really?" As he puts down her leg. He digs at you. He's like, what have you heard? Wow. I heard she was your sister. 
So he literally goes blanche white at this point. All the blood rushes out. He's like, she was my cousin. Maybe we couldn't have had children, but I loved her. We met accidentally at a wedding. How were we to know we were cousins? We were just dancing away. And then we discovered our love was a forbidden one as he just slams her thigh down. He's like, yes, all right. I might not have ever got away with her, but I loved her. Are you happy? And then she was your your first love, you would say. In fact, your only, and, and there wasn't anyone before. Would, would you say love being such a, a precious thing? Oh, God, I mean... If you had to put a number on it. <laughs> I, if I had to put a number on it, I was very inexperienced, all right? I tried practicing on a terrapin once, but it's not the same. Too snappy. It snapped at me. Yeah, it snapped at me and I got scared, went flaccid. So, yes. All right. Are you happy? As he just goes, yes. Why? How much grief can there be in one day? As he's waving the thigh bone around with a crock on it, like it's some sort of gesticulation. This is, this is merely part one of the of the scheme. <laughs> part two. What do you want? Well, where, where are your residences, young man? I'd love to drop up a present. A, 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 a he points over at the slumber yard, realises he's using his lover's leg, <laughs> cries a little bit, puts it down and points using his arm. We'll bring you a change of clothes. You, you're all covered in shark blood. We'll, we'll, bring, you, we'll bring you some, some fresh clothes. At this, Aristobulus is like, why wait? Aristobulus starts stripping off. <laughs> not, not now, Aristobulus. We've got a plan. Oh, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, yeah, I guess we'll go, we'll go let, them, let ourselves in. As you see people coming and going, the slumber yard is a long kind of... It's almost like a beach hut. It's not really got any walls on it because it's bloody warm out here. Uh, but it's a one very long, thatched, roofed yard. And it's just full of bunk beds. And some of them are partitioned off with all sorts of lovely fabric kind of like um, walls. They're like screens. They're like screens that partition off little family areas. You see people just crying and running around. Uh, you see people comforting other people, people smeared in blood. You see people hobbling in, missing limbs. You see... Um, the guy who was doing breaststroke, missing his legs, is now just pulling himself along the floor, leaving a streak. Glad he's okay. As you come in, you stand, no one gives a shit. People are just, it's absolute carnage. In fact, it's almost getting to the point where it's, it's like a bit like the Tottenham riots. Uh, people are just starting to loot. Well, can I search for his chest of drawers or sack? Whatever How would you he- know which ones are his? Can I help? Um, we Are you taking a photo, a photo of like a, a leg with a, <laughs> a tattoo on it? Oh, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> As you... I mean, how, how are you going to... Yeah, I mean, you can wander around with a, with a leg with a croc on it. I mean, if you, if you want to try and find her, like, how, how are you going to find... Do we rem- remember his name? Because I... The player don't. We didn't ask. I'm, I'm you go, didn't let, ever ask. Let's go back and ask his name. I think we did get his name, didn't we? He looks up at you with hope in his eyes. 
Now, as he's just, he's hugging the leg, as he looks up with hope, there's a glint of hope in his eyes as he looks at you expectantly. Uh, which, which, where, which one are you, where, where are you staying? Where's your stuff exactly? And, and what's your name? <sighs> My name is Lucius. Lucius. <laughs> you really want to see where I live? Well, we're gonna, we're, we're just, we're, we've got to get you a, a change of clothes, Lucius. He realizes he's sitting cross legged on the floor. He can't get up easily. He pushes himself up using her leg as like a crutch, mm-hmm. looks down, realizes what he's just done, just cries a little bit more as he tucks it under one arm and walks down the quayside with you as he's like, oh, come on then. What's the worst that can happen? Today has really been bad. As you make your way back into the slumber yard, just weaving around people, the screams, the cries. Some people are happy as well. You know, people are reunited and realise that they haven't been eaten by a shark. It's not all doom and gloom. Come on, listeners. Yeah, there's too much emphasis. I just want to say today, there's too much emphasis on the on the negative side of shark attacks. And the, the media never talks yeah. about yeah, the yeah, positives yeah, yeah, yeah. that can come from shark attacks. Yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you phrased that. You see two people who've been involved in a shark attack. Both of them have lost limbs. One's lost a left arm, one's lost a right arm as they both stare at each other, love having brought them together in this time of crisis as they use their one good arm to shake. <laughs> um the problem is with one having a left arm, one having a right arm is an awkward shake. Um so they <laughs> Matt's doing the logistics. <laughs> as they try and intertwine their hands. Uh, as he takes you over uh, to a bunk, uh, you see like a little patchwork quilt, um, a box, a crate. Um, he just props the severed leg of his lover off next to his guitar in the corner as he's like, here we are. Take take a take a seat. We'll, we'll pick you out uh, an outfit. <laughs> he sits down on his bed, sighing. You see him curl into a ball, just the, just the tiredness of the tragedy just washing over him like a wave. You see him curl into a little fetal position on his bunk. Well, you better, better start getting dressed, Lazarus. My, my name's Lucius. <laughs> what? I, I didn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can understand with all the tragedy how you may have misheard me. In a, in a way, you are a Lazarus coming back from, from the brink of death. You're very inspirational. Thank you. My clothes are in the, crate, uh, the, the, the chest over there. As he points to a chest, and on top of the chest, you see like an unlit candle, a picture of his girlfriend, uh, and a cup full of water. I'll, uh, I'll distract him while Belsie, I get some clothes and like, and puts one of his pants in his pocket. And I'm like, yeah. so tell me about your, um, dead girlfriend. <laughs> what was she like? Jesus Christ. Dear God. Um, make me a persuasion check. <laughs> Tell me about your girlfriend. Your dead one. <laughs> Was that her leg? <laughs> I got a natural 20. Yeah. Hey, a natural 20 as he looks, he's like, T- 
do you mean it? Do you really want to know? Okay. We no. have so much in common. And I don't just mean DNA. <laughs> I mean, she, she was... She, don't say that! She was my intended! Do you know how hard it is to get a fucking date on a tiny island out at fucking sea, bobbing up and down? I'm a teenager. I should be flicking my wild oats. Maybe the shark saved you from, from I don't know, having kids with gills and, and additional appendages. I, th- I think in a very real way, part of her, in fact, between 25% to 50% of your genetic material lives on in you. <laughs> Uh, uh, by the way, just to clarify from a narrative point of view here, you're supposed to be stealthily going through oh, yeah, his I'm, fucking I'm, chest, I'm, pulling I'm out his clothes, as you're just delivering truth bombs about fucking genetics. <laughs> as you, you lift out, flicking through his clothes, you move a pair of dungarees to one side, you see a stripy knitted jumper, as you lift up a pair of pants, hold them up to the light, as they just say in blazon, they're blue pants, and in a giant red bold font, it just says, Alleluia, across the front of his pants. <laughs> that's that's it, boys. These are the pants of a virgin. You give them a good sniff, and you confirm they are the pants of a virgin. Excellent. I would like to pick him out a nice a nice t-shirt and 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 trousers, and also, um, I'll I'll put a hundred gold. In the in his pants drawer to get him back on his feet. No, you're like a panty tooth fairy. You big softy. <laughs> yes. You. Very savage. You are the pant fairy. Yes, very very savage. Um, <laughs> would you like to describe for the listeners, just as a beautiful little moment, just as a little, just a little vignette, a montage, if you will? Would you like to describe to the listeners the outfit that you pick? For Lucius, I think it's like a it's it's definitely a um, the last T-shirt in the in 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 the charity shop. It's from a, a fun run in 1998. <laughs> 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 it's the <laughs> <laughs> Cleethorpe Scooter Rally T-shirt yeah. from 1984. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's a charity fun run T-shirt. Yep, 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 yep. And um, thank fuck, some, it wasn't a Shark Week t-shirt. Some nice jorts, I think. Are they jogging shorts? Just forgive my stupidity. Jean, What's a jort? Jean, jean shorts. shorts I, I, I would, I would believe. Ah, like jeggings, but shorter. And what? They're trimmed off. Yeah, like they're trimmed off jeans or shorts. Hot, hot, hot pants, short shorts. <laughs> so you. You're fully aware of the fact that he's got his girlfriend's leg cut off at the knee, still with part of its trouser on. And as you, with no sense of irony, get him cut off <laughs> and pull them out the drawer and just hand them to him. Seems entirely appropriate. You're a yeah. cold customer. Wow. With a uh, charity, was a charity run T-shirt? As he's like, oh, thank you. As he just starts stripping off and changing, throwing the bloodied clothes he's wearing into the wash basket glad to be of help Lazarus 
It's just been lovely to have somebody to share the grief with. It really has. This has been a dark day. But with friends like you, anything's possible. As you hear a thwomp as his girlfriend's leg has slowly been sliding across the wall and has finally fallen over. <sighs> Love really hurts. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll lose your virginity one day, Lu- Lucian Lucius. Speak to your mum. Right. Break your leg. Oh, yeah, see you later. <laughs> 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 you just see him sitting on the edge of his bunk, just rocking backwards and forwards, gently weeping to himself. Um, the T-shirt was really old. It doesn't fit him anymore, and it's absolutely skin tight. Uh, it looks like it's bursting at the fucking seams. Um, as you make your way out, passing, crying, people, just just caught in a moment of distress, you see the community really coming together as people are just starting to sweep up the debris and some people are starting to crack out various drinks and hand them out to people as people pat you on the back as the saviors of Maritopia and hand you drinks. You now have the pants of a virgin, you have quicksilver and you have squid ink. You just need to go and get the live chicken from the Aldani. To, uh, To the restaurant. As you make your way round to the chef, you see (laughs) tragedy has struck. As you see the Aldani, he's a giant half-man, half-lobster with a French hat on as he's totally chill, as he's like, whoa, dude, what a day. It's been righteous, brother. Jesus Christ, I've asked you before not to take the piss out of the Aldani accent, dude. (laughs) I'm just going on your wavelength. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ, dude, it is not cool to take the piss. Not on a day like this. Not take the piss. It's totally rad, man. No judgment. What can I do you for? Can I grab that chicken? All right. Oh, yeah. As he looks around, um, half the chicken coop's been pulled off into the water as there's a singular chicken just standing there looking shell-shocked. The only live chicken left is just... Just standing there. Dude, you know what? You're the saviour of fucking Maritopia. You totally go get that chicken. On me. Cheers, dude. Catch you on the (laughs) flip-flop. As he just holds out a claw towards you, as he's like, Vous le vent? Vous le yes. As he just drops a lovely little light pastry voulevon into your hand. I, uh, I, I take a bite and I say, oh, you're the king, man. Thank you, dude. Good luck to you. As you make your way over to the chicken, who's going to try and catch the chicken? I thought it was in a coop. I would like no, to speak the to coops the chicken will be... in my mind. Oh, to the chicken God. mind? Chicken's going to kill another 20 people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do our animal handling? Yeah, roll me an animal handling check. Shit. An eight. An eight. As you just channel your mind, you and the chicken just stare at each other. It sideways because its eyes are on the side of its head. As it just moves its head backwards and forwards as you just hear... Did you go to Juilliard for this? 
What do you want? Um, I would like to give the chicken a maths puzzle. Seed! 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 How many? How many chickens can you get into a Fiat 500? As you see, it's a very, very... This isn't a dolphin. This is a fucking chicken. It's a very limited intelligence. As you like, as you just hear it going... As its eyes just go cross-eyed and it falls over sideways. While you're trying to figure it out, I'll go up behind it. Pick it up. I've stunned it with its own stupidity. I like it. As you just pick up the stunned form of the simple creature, its eyes are now like moving around as it attempts to... You've injected mathematics into the mind of a chicken. The chicken basically only understood the concept of none, one, lots before, as it's now currently trying to reverse engineer calculus in its mind to work out how many chickens you can fit in a Fiat 500 as you've stunned it into stupor. I'm going to say about 100. Can we kill and chop up the chickens like, uh, to fit them in the, in the car, or do they have to be alive? Yeah, these live chickens, do they need to stay alive? Are you actually doing the mass puzzle? You're, you're currently holding the rigid form of a chicken. Its legs and wings and beak are out. It's literally like rigid. And you're, you're doing a mass problem. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let, let, let's go to the doctors while we, while we contemplate this mass problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you start, you started this. Come on. What's your answer? So a Fiat 500 has a hundred, one thousand eight hundred and five leases of space in it. So let's ask ChatGPT as well. I reckon chickens know more than five liters, right? A liter's about... Well, a liter milk's like... Yeah, like a little, yeah. So chickens maybe... You could could squish a chicken in there. Without the head... I think the head might be a little bit. Is it free range chicken or battery chicken? Oh, How many free range chickens? It has to be a battery chicken. Battery, okay. You have to, to really squeeze them all in there. Free range chicken are bougie assholes. Oh, sorry, that's PETA. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Or is it the RSPCB? RSPCA. <laughs> The chicken welfare people. The RSPs, the NSPCB. Hang on, which one of them is for blind people and which one's for birds? <laughs> yeah, and chicken is a I bird, confused. so the RSPB would be involved. Arnib, the Royal National Institute of Birds. Yeah, I think that's Arnib. Yeah, the Bird Society. Arnib. Send, send us your answers and you'll win uh, AJ's T-shirt. All right, listeners, fine. You can have Mr. Rag's T-shirt if you write in and tell us. Just slide into our DMs, listeners. How many chickens can you fit in a Fiat 500? That's a genuine competition. You can win. You can win the shirt off Chris Rag's back, and he doesn't dress cheap. He reaches for the luxury rail, listeners. It's often cable knit. He's speechless. Unfortunately, after every night, I just like break my shirt with my muscles and I just pop it off and it's like <laughs> a thousand pieces. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I do the same thing with my underwear on the toilet. <laughs> right. There we go. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to win Chris Rags, 
shirt off his back right in with the very best answer of how many chickens can you fit in a Fiat 500? Right, get Matthew's storyline, because somebody wanted to finish on time tonight, Chanel. I can't imagine who that was. Right, you have a stupefied chicken, squid ink, mercury, and the pants of a distraught virgin. What are you doing? To, to, to the doctor? Uh, does anyone else want to yeah. do anything before we leave the doctors? No, I'm, I'm keen to get my, my vampirism taken out. It's about 11.30 at this point. Uh, as you go back, you just see Scuttle is sweeping down. Um, he's got like a, a dustpan and he's in a brush and he's just sweeping down the aisles. As he's like, well, dudes, well done on catching the chicken. That's like totally bodacious. You have yourselves a good evening. And once again, thank you for saving Maritopia. Ciao. Anytime. As you make your way round the edge of Maritopia, People are stayed up. You see various candle-lit vigils. You see people are put, like, floating baskets with candles into the water oh. as they all pray for loved ones. Um, as you make your way round the edge um, of Maritopia, you come to the edge of the building, which is the Kraken's Clinic. As described before, the Kraken's Clinic has one of those kind of, like, bead drapes, like all good adult shops mm. have it's got a multicolored bead drape in the doorway what are you doing uh, i shimmy my way through it <laughs> without touching any of the beads. for the listeners could you describe what a shimmy what what really without moving any of the beads <laughs> yeah i i fade through it by shimmying so quick <laughs> jesus christ this is like inception true love like through a bookshelf as uh yeah Hanash, you, 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 you part the beads. So I put my arms out side to side and then I, I just move my shoulders, make my, make my boobies go through the, okay. through the, through the, through the beads. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. As you make your way in, you find, you find yourself in the waiting room at the front of the Kraken's clinic. Once more, you see the desk in front of you. Um, the receptionist is no longer there. The bell, there's a bell to ring, which you smashed in the last episode. As you hear various gurgling and grunting and like something coming from out the back through some flaps, you see the threadbare sofa in the waiting room. It's about 11.30 currently. Um, I say hello. As you just hear a small voice coming through the flaps at the back of the... The, the the building is you hear a voice saying oh i'm sorry hold on it has been a very difficult night uh, just give me two seconds hold on i recognize that voice oh yes of course just take a seat i shall be out shortly i don't take a seat as you just awkwardly stand for a hot minute are there any magazines yes um, you see a very, very outdated, slightly faded copy of uh, The Necromantic Gardener. Hmm. Um, it's about four years out of date. Do they have those, you know, like sometimes they have like the games for children where there's like a wooden block <gasps> and then like some like yeah. wire and you, have to move, and you have to move like the little wooden pieces like through the wire like you like. Are those for children? You just see they have a they have a twister <laughs> mat on the floor in the corner, uh, and the little spinner. I uh, I look at the mat. I look I look at the col- uh, my uh, my colleagues. I look back at the mat and I go, eh? 
No. Can we spin it? Can we roll a... How many um, things are on a... <laughs> Tell you what. Why don't both of you make me an acrobatics check if it's Hanash and... Sure. Here we go. Ah, oh, 22. Oh, 18. 18 and 22. So, Maud, you're reading the Necromantic Gardener magazine as you flick through it. At one point, um, one of those perfume sample cards falls out. Yeah. Uh, you can see, like, one of those scratch-and-sniff perfume cards. As you look up, you just see Hanash and Belsia, um, <laughs> both of them G'd up from their adventure. You see them. They appear to be doing um, what looks like, from your little understanding of yoga, um, as the downward muskrat. Um, as Hanash apparently currently has the best part of the front of his face buried in Hanash's undercroft. (laughs) As they're they're currently, like, twisting around. As Klimt Cream bursts through the flaps, holding a bucket in one hand, as he's like, Oh, I'm very sorry. I have tried to save this child as he just takes out a head with, like, a hand stitched onto the side of it. I did not have much to work with, and unfortunately, that is all I can do. As he hands the bucket back to the grieving parent, who just wails and cries and walks out. Can't wait him all, Doc. I believe time is getting on, metaphorically and realistically, for this episode of the podcast. So, do you have... These things I asked for. Yes. I hand him over everything and I say, Maud, give this man a chicken. <laughs> I, I'd like to open dramatically like a, like a magician. Open, like, open my cape. Hold the chicken up. As he's like, very good. Uh, the chicken appears to be dead. It's very much alive. Okay. Chicken's alive. Fun live chicken. Okay, right. Uh, as he tickles the chicken, as it slowly, you just hear a... There we go. It's fine. Okay. We've, we've got ourselves a pulse. Very good, very good. Okay, nobody likes a turgid chicken. Right, here we go. As he pulls down the book, rolls a finger of it. Buy one, get one free. So, we have the chicken, the mercury, the squid ink... And the pants of a virgin. Now then, I've never attempted this for two people. Right. If you would mind stepping through. As you come through the flaps, all of you, you leave Tatty, Toad Flaps, and um, Aristobulus in the waiting room. As the three of you go through into the back, you see a trestle table just covered in blood um, and various, like, needles, cotton, um, and you just see manuals open all sorts of different diagrams as he's like, all right, uh, don't worry. As he just like smears some of the manuals and medical things off the table. Right. Both of you sit on the table. Uh, I, I jump up. If you would not mind just popping off your clothes and putting them on the stool. I love and died. I'm not embarrassed. I, uh, I help Elsa with this. And- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Elish. <laughs> Maud, are you... Who knows what Maud's doing at this point? Slow clap. <laughs> okay. Just playing the full Monty. 
as uh, both of you strip off very carefully, very awkwardly, leaving your clothes on separate stools, he's like, Chayt, I've never tried this, uh, as he reaches up and just rubs fingers. Now, he's very small, so he has to stand on a, on a stool. He's got like a stepladder to, to come up as, as he rubs fingers across both the puncture wounds on your neck, as he's like, yes, this is the work of something very dark indeed, very dark. Oh dear, these are infected, very sore. Right, as he looks at your wound. Ah, cheesecraft. I have not seen somebody using the dark arts of fromagerie. That is impressive. That may well have saved your life. I, I, I just, just begin his luck. <laughs> I don't know much about tyromancy or cheesecraft. <laughs> right. Quickly now. We are running out of time. The moon is nearly upon us. Both of you. Cheek to cheek, cross arms behind you. <laughs> I sigh, and I, and I do it. All right. You be very, very careful now. What happens next is not easy to describe. I need you to press the chicken between you as you clasp the live chicken between your back, joining together, cheek to cheek, back to back. You feel the chicken thrashing around, its claws cutting at your flesh as it wildly flails around. He's like, right, okay, step one, chicken to back, very good. Step two, right, as he takes a squid ink. You must rub this into your eyes. Oh, okay. Is this sanitary? Scrunch up the knickers, pour on the squid ink, and rub it into your eyes. Oh, God. This doesn't sound sanitary. Okay. Come on, you need to be willing. Positive mental energy. Okay, I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I go, ah! While rubbing my eyes. Oh, God, burns! Both of you taking the blue pants with the big red font saying Alleluia on you, pour on the fresh squid ink, rubbing it into your eyes. Both of you dripping black eyes, a chicken thrashing around between you. He's like, that is one more thing. Here is a lemon. Here is some sugar. I need you to neck the mercury. Tequila. Um, sure. Sounds really... I'll, I'll, I'll do it if it cures me. I have a bite of the lemon, and then I have half of the mercury, and then I, and then I have another bite of the lemon. And go, mmm, you feel it burning down your windpipe. You feel it trickling into, just coursing through you as the chemicals burn. As more, do you see smoke puffing out the wounds in the neck? The cheese on um, Hanash's chest starts melting and bubbling with a lovely kind of Welsh rabbit crispy top to it. Because <laughs> he's like, Right, both of you, join hands and repeat after me. Are you ready? I'm ready, boss. What's the matter? Yo, yeah, got a sorry ho. Hey, right, with me. Come on now. What's, yeah, what's really the matter? Ho, hey, got a yeah, no, come on now. Put it. Come on, really. It's what's the matter? Ho, hey, got a sorry ho. Hey, was. There we go. Right. Okay. <laughs> now then, I'm going to need. I'm going to need both of you to make me a religion check. And I will also make a religion check. It's strange. What's a what's a religion check? Best of three. Uh, 
Oh, shit. That went very badly wrong. Oh, I got a 10. I can only apologize. Oh, God. I got a 12. Oh, God. Can we go private? <laughs> um, I'm genuinely very, very sorry. Are we even more vampiric now? Just tell me, Doc, how bad is it? <laughs> does it does the uh, does the chicken now require an exorcist? Chicken now <laughs> the love child of Man Ocean. I'm very, very, very sorry, and I did not make that up at all. As you feel the thrashing of the chicken, the burning of the mercury, your eyes stinging with squid ink, it's you first, Belsiar, that feels it as the words drain out of you. You look over at Maud. You just suddenly feel the hunger rise up inside you as you feel the bloodlust. Looking at Maud, she just looks like a sack of warm fresh blood. As you turn around, Hanash, you've already turned and ripped the throat out of the chicken and warm chicken blood is just dripping down the front of your face. <laughs> as as Klimt Cream is like, ah, yes, like I said, the Hippocratic Oath, if you would not mind telling nobody about this, as you just see him making a run for the flaps at the door. And that is where we are going to leave this week's episode. I'm genuinely sorry. There was every chance that was going to work. I performed that before and it's worked nine times out of 10. I did not know I was going to roll a natural one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, I don't know where we go from here, listeners. Genuinely, I wanted to finish this adventure on a hundred episodes. This is episode 93. I don't know if we can do it anymore, listeners. I'm not sure if we can finish exactly. We now have two. Shit. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is amazing. I don't know what to do. This is, this is so bad. Right. Okay. 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 In the interests of my own sanity. This is a one week, Chris, uh, isn't it? My well being. <laughs> this would happen. This is what happens when Mr. Neil's not here. He's going to be furious. Jesus Christ. This is an absolute shit show, listeners. I'm so sorry. Right. Fuck. Right. Okay, folks, I've genuinely got to go. I, I can't do any more. Like, that's that's really put a downer on my day. I've just given pure vampirism to two players. That has fucked the storyline. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's nothing more we're going to achieve here. But before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollar fun pet fantasy foot nugget. I'm so fucked. I genuinely don't know how to DM this anymore. Seeing as you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling fruity, you want to give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on. All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading the word of our vampirous misadventures far and wide, and we truly appreciate them. Now then, if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode, your best bet is to get hold of us on probably... I think it's called X these days. Uh, come find us on the X. Fucking Elon. Uh, come find us. We're Adventurers A&O number one on uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter. And you can also find Especially us on Instagram. Especially if you want to discuss how many chickens you can get into a Fiat 500. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. 
Come and find us. If if you're any good at using the social medias, you'll find us. There's not that many Adventurers Anonymouses out there. So, fuck. That just leaves us time to say goodbye from the lady who snatched victory from the jaws of a shark attack. It's Chanel Williams. Bonsoir. It's a massive goodbye from a man who woke up this morning not expecting to be drinking chicken blood, it is Mr. Chris Rack. In the eternal words of Garth Marenghi, blood, blood, <laughs> blood. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. And it's a final farewell from the Finnish fang monster himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Any last words? I'm so sorry. Genuinely, it wasn't me. The dice did it. This hurts more than... This hurts more than Marvin. Oh, all I want to does. say is blah. You take his name out of your dirty voice. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Right. Listen, listeners, I'm so sorry that we went to some dark places today. And um, with any luck, we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, stay. Hey. Tipsy on blood. Could you do any? You've got vampirism. Just come on, bit more effort. Stay tipsy, my friends. Right, that's it. The end. Piss off. Go home. It's over.